Welcome to Tiger Talk, the podcast for Mercy High School in Middletown, Connecticut, where we talk about everything Mercy, including students, faculty and staff, alumni, and leaders in our community. Learn more about Mercy High School at our website, mercyhigh.com. Everyone and welcome to our latest edition of Tiger Talk podcast. And I am so happy today to be joined by several alumni as well as students and a fantastic faculty member to talk about lots of really, really interesting issues and topics, most notably about the poem that Amanda Gorman read at President Biden's inauguration. That's where we're going to start. And from there, we can we can take on our discussion. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today. And we're so happy to have you here. So let's start with some introductions so that our listeners know who has joined our podcast. So Sasha, I would love to, to start with you. One of my... Um, fellow classmates. Hi, Sasha. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, my name is Sasha Armstrong Crockett, and I grew up in Middletown and now I'm a resident again. Never thought that would happen, <laughs> but I'm back and I am a real estate agent and a wife, a mother of five, and I'm also co-chairing our anti-racism task force in town, which is newly created and hoping to be a place of radical healing and unity, but we're, we're taking baby steps to get there. Um, but I'm just really excited to be a part of this conversation and was thrilled to be invited. So thank you. Thank you so much, Sasha. I know I'm really excited to see what that task force takes on. It's it's wonderful to have it and to see it evolving. Hello, Mallory, and thanks so much for coming to the, the podcast. Uh, my name is Mallory Perry. I graduated from Mercy in 2010. I'm now currently a nurse scientist. What that means is I have a PhD in nursing. I am by trade a pediatric ICU nurse. I work at Connecticut Children's as well. Currently, I spend my time, I kind of bounce in between Connecticut and Philadelphia. Um, I do research at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, trying to figure out what happens to critically ill children after they leave the ICU and the biological markers of what happens to these kids. Amazing. And that is research that we really need. That's going to, that's going to transform so many different fields. So thank you for doing that research. And thank you for taking the time to be at our Tiger Talk podcast. And hello, uh, Jada, and welcome. Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Jada Waters, and I'm the class of 2003. So I think I'm maybe like the oldest one on the line. <laughs> I didn't say I'm 95. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I am an assistant principal at the High School of Commerce in Springfield, Massachusetts. We are a turnaround school, and I oversee our college and career readiness program. So we currently have three dual enrollment partnerships in an interim partnership, really trying to disrupt racism and create opportunities for Black and brown students who may not get the same opportunities as others. And I can't wait to talk to you more about all of that. And so thank you, um, students, also for joining us. So hello, Chanel. Hi, everyone. I'm Chanel. I'm currently a junior at Mercy, and I am the treasurer or the publisher of the Mercy Students for Change Club. So that's what this is all about. And I want to thank you guys all for joining us and taking the time to today. Great. Thanks, Chanel. Hello, Guadalupe. Good afternoon. 
I'm Guadalupe Corona San Pedro, and I'm the Vice President of Mercy Students for Change. And thank you all for being here. It really means a lot to us because uh, we really want to promote awareness and equity, and this really means a lot to us. So thank you. And hello, Jocelyn. Hi, I'm Jocelyn Santiago. I'm a senior at Mercy, and I am the president and co-founder of Mercy Students for Change. And last year, my best friends and I created the club to promote racial and cultural awareness, promote equity, and execute equity, and just really discuss important topics happening in the world and different social injustices. And we want to thank you, ladies, for joining us for the podcast. And hello, Ms. Freeman. Hello, everyone. Hi, I'm Miss Amy Freeman. I've been teaching at Mercy since the Stone Age. I'm really happy to see everybody. Thrilled that we can all get together and have a conversation because that's really what we've been trying to promote all year. Conversations around, you know, racism, around equity, around unity, diversity, all the all the words that need to be talked about. So thank you for joining us. Great. Thank you so much for being with us too. Yeah, so I thought we could just, we could start with the poem that was read by Amanda Gorman at President Biden's inauguration, because I, and I know for me, and I know, I think it seemed to be for so many people in our community and also just people across the nation. This was read by a young, intelligent, bright, educated young woman of color. And to be able to spread these these words of hope, but not forgetting kind of where we've come was just, it was very powerful. And I think it really struck people in different ways. And so I'm wondering if there was a certain phrase or part of the poem that, that seemed to to resonate with you. I think what touched me most was the way it was like spoken. I know that um, theatrics that come with poetry within the black community that came out, And I appreciated that passion and the uh, physicality and the movement and the musicality to it that felt very authentically Black. And seeing that in a space that doesn't normally uh, show that was was really, uh, it, it was impactful for my children, for me, and also just those moments of talking about slavery and the, and the difficult history. So yeah, that that spoke to me, the movement and and the culture of it. And I agree with that completely. And to piggyback that, um, the stanza where she said, and I have it here because it's probably my favorite. Um, when she said, we're the successors of a country in a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. Um, that resonated, even though, you know, everyone's background is different. The fact that we all have struggles and particularly for her and for myself descending from slaves, you know, that this is attainable, it is achievable. And the fact that Kamala herself, um, you know, has this lineage as well was really impactful and important, I think, for all future generations to understand. I would like to jump in. So we learned that quiet isn't always peace. And that resonated with me because before I became an assistant principal, I worked at a community college where we engaged in out-of-school youth who had dropped out of school and gave them an opportunity to earn their high school diploma. That job really inspired me in so many ways. And what I learned in that job is that working in a community college, people have perceptions of the young people who, you know, go to a community college and perceptions of young people who drop out. So when I 
think about that. And I think about like some of the courageous conversations that we should have been having on a college campus that we weren't having on a college campus. And a young Black leader on the college campus, I was always the go-to person. And people were like, Dr. Waters, could you speak about this? Could you speak about that? It really, that resonates with me because it really pushes the allies to speak up when it's time to speak up because you just can't depend on the same people to continue speaking up about issues and reliving trauma about their experiences of being a person of color. So your silence is just as dangerous as someone who's out there, you know, doing cruel and mean things. So it's important to use your voice when you can and utilize any platform you can to speak up for others when it comes to injustices. So that for me, it was her challenging to everybody to like, okay, we're here now. You are all allies, but what's the next step? You have to, you can no longer be quiet. That is really important. And I, and, and finding your voice, I think is just something that I know I was able to find at Mercy and I'm, I'm sure some of our alums are, are finding that too. And I hope our students too are starting to find that voice as well. Students, do you have anything that resonates? I, I have one that resonates. It's similar to Dr. Waters, but I'm going to I want to see if the students have anything else they'd like to add. Um, yeah, I can follow up real quick. Um, so they all covered it pretty good. And I like how um, Sasha said it like resonated with her, like the different like theatrical parts of it. And it was very well presented the way she did it. And to follow up with Mallory, um, I was actually going to say that part actually resonated with me because I think it's a very strong message, um, especially for young girls our age now. And they can look up and say, like younger girls, they would be like, I want to be president one day. And to see that there's especially a woman of color up there speaking for the president, I think that it's just a really important, strong thing. Yeah, thank you. Guadalupe, any anything that resonated with you? Well, well, basically everybody said what I wanted to say. We shared the same quote. I said, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, and condition like that really resonates to me because I come from like a family of immigrants who came here for an opportunity and her like saying oh America isn't just like one it's like all these different kind of colors it's a rainbow it means a lot to me so absolutely for me there were a few different things that resonated with me but from my perspective um the the phrase that that struck me was our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. And I think that's probably from my perspective, you know, I am a white woman and I had the fortunate experience of not having to think about the color of my skin for much of my life. And that kind of lack of awareness, when I finally saw some awareness around that, I felt pretty bad about it. And I thought, oh my goodness, I, my inertia, my lack of awareness, has that been holding someone back? I didn't need it to be, but could I be holding someone back and not realizing it? So then at that moment, I said to myself, well, okay, I, I feel bad about that, but I now have the awareness. So what am I going to do moving forward? What do I have in my power now to help something through, to make something move? How can I get that inertia How can I get things moving? And so I see that for me as a call to action. And I hope others do too. You know, another line that I loved is it's because being American is more than a pride we inherit. 
it's the past we step into. And in having these conversations in, in, in a mixed group, it is a courageous conversation. That's because it's, I'm just exemplifying a vulnerability and speaking about my truth as you are. And you just said, you know, you, you felt bad initially. You're like, well, what part did I play in this? And I think when I have these conversations with my white counterparts that don't have that sense of empathy and they sort of feel like I'm not racist, but you're, you're making me feel like I have to feel bad about being white. And I, I always have to remind them, you're centering yourself in my liberation. I'm claiming my space to speak the truth that my ancestors didn't have the ability to. They didn't have the freedom to. So when I do that and I'm being very pro-Black, that's not being anti-white. And I don't even have the power. I don't have the systemic power as a Black woman to, to be racist. And understanding those things, those are, you know, that's a courageous conversation. Putting your parents on TikTok and yelling at them and calling them racist is not courageous. <laughs> Sitting with them and, you know, discussing a book, by, discussing this poem and understanding, you know, the layers of it and the history that was represented in it and a call for healing that is represented in it. That's where being courageous comes in and being brave and not using shame as a, as a tool to build allies. It just, it works, but it, I don't think that's the longstanding change that we need. It needs to be more educated. Yeah, I, I yeah. totally agree. But it's what part do we play in this and how can we help each other? How can we build each other up and, and give each other opportunities and you know, I can remember growing up as well. I, you know, I had been raised that if you worked hard, you would succeed. Well, now I come to find out that there are people who can work really, really hard, but not might not be able to succeed. Like I was able to just because there were other barriers put in front of them. And that's, that's heavy, right? I mean, that's a, a big revelation. And so how can we provide opportunities? How can we help others, give them the opportunities so that in addition to them working hard, they can succeed? I think, um, I think our students on the podcast today are great examples of working hard and advocating for some change. And so I'd love to talk too a little bit about our Students for Change Club. So um, Chanel, would you mind starting a little bit and just uh, talking about uh, some of the activities you've been working on. Um, so we uh, we started um, a little bit. It was a little bit of last year before some of the girls graduated, but we didn't really have time once COVID hit to really go into depth about things. So this year's when we really got into it. And I think um, especially for Guadalupe and Jocelyn, they're like, and myself, um, we're all very passionate about being an advocate. And I myself like being the one to speak for others who can't speak or like don't have the courage to speak. Um, so for each month, we have like different activities. So I can talk about my month, which is this month, which is Black History Month. So um, at school, for the early announcements, I'll go on and myself and Miss Freeman will like write up a little something. And I always start with like, good morning, happy Black History Month. And I'll like share a person. And on Wednesdays, we have trivia Wednesdays. So we ask some questions um, that could like in regards to a, per a person of Black history. It's just something that I think should be talked about more, especially it being Black History Month, because I feel like 
the phrase happy black history month because i feel like it really grabs people's attention when you listen to it and it just like makes you interested and we went over ruby bridges last week and i think that really grabs some of the girls attentions because some of the girls in my um homeroom advisor were talking about it and they were like i i didn't even know that she was like the first black girl to ever go to school so i just for each month we have it something really important so Jocelyn or guadalupe can talk about their months and what they did for them yeah, Guadalupe, what about what about your activity that you were focused on? I was in October and it was domestic violence. Uh, Ms. Freeman, uh, she went uh, for a fundraiser. She because we wanted to go, but because of COVID, we couldn't. But she did it. And I think it's really important to talk about domestic violence because domestic violence can happen anywhere and to anyone. And I think it's important to hear everybody's story, too. Absolutely. No, it's great to talk about the, these issues. They're really important. They can affect anybody. And Jocelyn, what uh, what were you spearheading? I really looked at like the different drives and fundraisers we can do. So I didn't have necessarily a specific month, but in the beginning of the school year, you know, when everyone's going back to school, we hosted a school drive and we donated to kids that were really in need, especially due to the pandemic in the New London, Norwich area. And we raised so many school supplies. And another part of the school drive was to really bring awareness to equity and that not all students have the same resources and opportunities as you know their counterparts. And then another drive that we did was the Dream and Act Coat Drive, which was kind of inspired by Martin Luther King Jr. and his dream to contribute and help in times of challenges and controversy and change. Um, we raised over 300 coats for men, women, and kids, and this took place around mid-January. And we're looking to hopefully do a bake sale and donate that to a Black-owned organization. Um, so earlier in the school year, New Haven had a Black Lives Matter mural, and we helped paint the Black Lives Matter downtown. And there was like a bunch of different Black-owned businesses that you could support. There was Black dancers, singers, painters. That's great. So yes, Ms. Freeman, I know that you're so proud of these students. I am so proud. Yeah, what does it mean to you to, to moderate this group? It means I'm privileged and honored to talk to everybody today about this. I am inspired every day by what these girls do and how they can articulate their story and affect change. Um, One of the things that struck me about the poem was the sense of hope. And so that's what we've really tried to translate in school to provide hope for the student body, hope for the future. And so it's just been a really great experience. And they're not done. They're not done. They're just getting started. So that's the best part. For sure. Yeah, alumni, what do you think about what what these students are are doing right now? I'm just really happy for you guys that you guys have the, you know, the, the foresight and capacity to do this. I don't think that when I was your age that I was I think courageous enough to do that. Um, it seems like Mercy's getting a lot more diverse. I mean, in my class, it was maybe like two or three of us that were diverse. So it's great to see that you all have each other as a community and you're speaking out. I didn't necessarily have that. And so that's amazing that you have each other in different classes and that you're taking, you're taking, you know, it beyond just Mercy and you're taking it elsewhere. And that's just, that's amazing to me. I just want to chime in and say that I am so proud of you all 
it like I'm just glowing because one Mercy is my school. I love Mercy High School. I love the teachers there and the administrators who empowered me and inspired me to find my voice. So the fact that you're able to find your voice and use it is just amazing. I I am going to co-sign all of that. Um, I admire your bravery. These aren't easy conversations. These aren't easy moves and organizing is, is, is exhausting. And especially if you're in a space that um, is predominantly white, which Mercy is. So what you're doing is incredibly brave, but you, it's a long journey and you have to stay with it. And you, and you also have to make sure that you include self-care in that because you are dismantling systems that you didn't create as women and as women of color. So, you know, as you continue to do the work, which is so honorable, remember to honor your spirit and remember to come together and, and when you can and it's healthy and safe, even if it is via Zoom, to not discuss race and to not discuss the stuff that's so heavy because you do need to find a place to refresh with, with safety and, and a place where you can be vulnerable. So make sure you're doing that as well while you do this work, but I'm incredibly proud of you. When we, back in 95, we had a, I think it was sure students united for racial equality. That's right. I don't think we actually did. <laughs> we did. I can't say we actually did anything, but um, you know, I'm glad that mercy is in, in continuing to encourage a space where uh, this type of work can be done. So I'm proud of you. I know that the um, the students had a couple of questions where they'd love to get your insights. And one was, a re- and I know they, they provided them to me. So I, I, I'm not taking credit for these questions. These are all from Chanel Guadalupe and, and Jocelyn, but they were wondering if there were ways in which Mercy was able to prepare you for social justice issues that you faced after high school. When I was at Mercy, we had like an organization. I don't know if they still have it. Peace Jam. So it was kind of like, um, it was working with like Nobel laureates. Like there was like a, it, there was like a larger population for it. So I did that and that exposed me to some social justice issues more globally. But as far as what was happening here, as far as equity and racism, I, it didn't necessarily prepare me for that. Um, maybe counterintuitively what it prepared me for was being a person that looked like myself in some of these spaces, being the only person that looked like that and having to navigate those conversations. Um, that was kind of like a, a consequence of not necessarily a consequence, but something that I, you know, was at mercy and I was the only one that looked like myself in a lot of my courses. So being able to navigate that was helpful. But as far as social justice, um, we did have a class in it as well, junior year we did. But I think some of the things that we address on the outside are a little bit heavier than sometimes were addressed in the course. It seemed like we kind of were a little bit safe in some of the things we talked about. What tools do you use to engage in courageous conversations? You know, because Mercy, we, we want to do this, but how do you get these going? I think affinity groups help. Having somebody who's leading the conversations responsibly, I think, is a huge part of it. Um, somebody who may be educated in anti-racism or at least um, is not going to uh, steer the conversation in a way that is traumatic for, for those students of color. It's difficult, you know, uh, especially um, when I when I left Mercy, I left it incredibly angry. 
and, and radicalized because I had been the extreme minority in a very white space and it affected me very negatively. And I had to pick myself up from that. So it prepared me in ways where I once I reached college, I could I felt comfortable participating in, in dialogues in the class. When you come from mercy, four years of mercy and raising your hand and, and talking out becomes a habit and you you miss that awkwardness of being a girl in class with boys who are dominating conversation. So in that way, I felt a little braver than some of my counterparts that, you know, went to high school with boys. So that was positive. But as far as, you know, the social justice, I didn't feel like Mercy prepared me for that at all. It, it held me back. But I think you guys are at a different time where I have daughters your age and they make me better. And when I'm willing to listen which sometimes it's hard on them because they, you know, I'm set in my ways. I grew up in the eighties. It's a very different time. Um, but when I listen to them, I, I, I'm better. I think that the kids really do need to lead in, in these conversations, kids that you, you deem responsible and capable to do it. I think I would trust them because they are going to carry this torch. They're going to carry on this work. And I think, you know, when we look at this, we're here, in discussing this over a very young black woman who moved the entire country, the world, everyone was talking about her and you're all equally as capable of being that brave, that honest and that unifying. So, you know, I think when the adults and the at mercy see that in our girls, I think nurturing that and, and giving them the tools to engage in these conversations, you know, that's, what you're doing now, you're doing a great job. You're doing it now. You should be very proud of yourselves. And the other question for our alumni is what else do you think our school community can be doing to just build more awareness, promote conversations? What can we be doing to just keep this going and and to keep improving? Continuing to have these conversations, even though they're difficult, is very important. You you know, even if it gets uncomfortable, you can't shy away from them because that's the reality of what we're doing. And, you know, some of your classmates may not agree. And I don't know if you guys have, you know, faced that, but, you know, it's important to have these conversations because sometimes what we see at Mercy isn't always the reality. As we know, I mean, it's an all-girls school. And while it did help me, like, grab, get my voice, like Sasha said, in these male-dominated spheres, it's not always the reality. So having those conversations is very important. I just want to add in, leading these conversations with relentless kindness is really, really important. That's something I always try to choose to lead with, is what relentless kindness and also forgiveness, knowing that some people may say things that they don't understand. And I don't want to say they don't understand, but say things that they may not have a lot of information about and they're saying it just because. Try to take a learner stance and get to know, you know, where folks are coming from. And that that's very hard. One of the things I was thinking about this question as you all were speaking is that the one thing that Mercy taught me was how to navigate white spaces. Honestly, I think one of the disadvantages was for me I knew how my friends treated me at Mercy. I knew how my teachers looked at me and viewed me at Mercy, but they didn't prepare me for how the world will look at me and view me at Mercy. I would say in college and even in jobs, oftentimes people have this misconception of you and it's just like, well, why not me? Why would you expect me to be in this space? That's the one thing that I was not prepared for when I left 
Vanessa at Mercy is how people would treat me outside of my safe community. So one of the things that I would encourage you all to do is to stand in your truth. You have the confidence because you are a Mercy girl. So you have the confidence. You are all smart and you're all brave. Just remember that piece, but please continue to be your authentic self. And I want to draw from that too, as Jada was saying, because we weren't necessarily prepared for the outside world, but I think that was helpful is probably keeping in contact with alumni who are minorities and diversity um, and diverse to kind of talk about those things. Cause you don't really realize I'm fortunate enough. My mom went to mercy, like three of my aunts went to mercy. Um, so it's, it's important to have those networks and I know I'm certainly available if you ever had any questions and navigating these spaces. I, I agree with that. I, any way we can help you guys as, as you leave mercy. And I think you know, going back to the question of, of, of how do we continue this? I, and I so respect uh, Dr. Waters, you know, point on kindness. I'm not, I'm not great at that. <laughs> These conversations, I kind of have a default righteous anger that can be triggered at any moment. <laughs> so even in this conversation and like, remember where you are <laughs> and, 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 and think before you speak, um, but I think accountability and really creating a, nat- um, a space that really nurtures your students of color is taking others with you and, you know, and, uh, and making them better, even though they might be kicking and screaming all the way through. Some of these things aren't just about like, well, I just don't agree with you. And what's the big deal? This, this is oppression. And it's generational and the trauma that we feel, it it goes down from, you know, my kids feel it and it, it doesn't go away. And I don't see it going away anytime soon. So all of us sort of working at chipping away and however your way is, like if Jada and I are in a room together, she might take kindness and I might lead with my anger. But in the end, the goals are the same. And be gentle on yourself for falling on your face. You're not always going to do this right because there is no, there is no roadmap to follow. We're having conversations that didn't happen before for a reason. It was, you know, sort of a white normalcy that has all taught us that discussing race is, is somehow, you know, inappropriate. So it, it is uncomfortable, but, you know, we still have to go on and move forward doing this and, and taking on as many people as we can and bringing them along with us. There's, there's a responsibility in that. And the key is to do what Jada said, is to, to lead with kindness and allow space for people to get it wrong. But the focus is on those that, that try. They want to understand. They're not always going to get it right, but they want to understand. Those are the people that you can teach and mold. And those are the the people that are going to be hiring somebody for a job one day, or it could be a police officer pulling someone over. It all matters. So just continue to do this work daily um, because it matters. I'm a little speechless right now. I mean, I'm just, I'm so happy that we've been able to have this conversation today and get to know each other a little bit more deeply. I know that I feel support from all of you having had this conversation, you know, now that I'm in this role at Mercy, trying to to help foster these conversations, I know if I have questions about it, I know I can ask any one of you and we can all work on it together. And I hope you feel the same way about me. I hope you see me as a resource and we can all support each other in this way. 
because we're all, we're all mercy women. If anyone can figure it out, it's us. I thank you all for joining us today and let's, let's continue the conversation. And students look to these alumni as hope and inspiration and uh, we're all here for you. And to everyone listening to this podcast today, thank you for listening and for sharing some time with us. And we hope that you have a wonderful day and tune into the next episode. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Tiger Talk podcast. Listen to the latest episodes at mercyhigh.com or subscribe to get the latest podcasts delivered to your device either at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify.